I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We are two landscape designers who have been in the business well over 25 years. (laughs) You always do that. Yes, we've been around, and that's a good thing, because through this podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you all of those years of knowledge, our challenges. Our stories and our foibles, that means mistakes, you know, a lot of those. And anything that we can do that can help you and your family kind of create these wonderful outdoor environments. And hopefully the most entertaining part of it is our stories. Our stories, right, the good ones. Well, we'll take the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I think we've been through all of it, haven't we? Yes, we have. (laughs) That's the thing with being a designer. Um, I remember when I started off, way long ago (laughs) um you know you do what you know to do and then if it doesn't go right you find out quickly but then that's how you learn and you go on to do new things and certainly I've driven up to clients and taken one look at their landscape and wanted to get back in the car and go away (laughs) but so if if and mind she said car not horse-drawn carriage not (laughs) horse-drawn not that old goodness sakes all right anyway Today is kind of a fun topic. I'm going to start off with a little story that um, one of my clients, who's actually become a friend, uh, told me that she used to do in her house and her landscape. And what she would do, she had a little 12-year-old girl living next door, and she grew Alstromeria, which is a, you can get a dwarf variety, you can get the tall varieties. But if you've noticed, when you go to the store to buy flowers, um, Alstromeria is one of those that don't cost a lot, and yet they last a long time in cutting flowers. So she grew a lot of Alstromeria, and then she had the the young girl next door um, come over, and they created a business. I mean, my client didn't want any money, but my client went out and bought little cheap vases. And this girl would come over once a week, cut the Alstromeria, and sell it to the neighbors for $5. And once after a week, they would leave the vases out, And then um, the little girl would pick them up, wash them the next week, go back to um, my clients and pick Alstromeria. And so what the neighbors got was every other week a fresh bouquet of flowers. What the young girl got was a summer income. Right. um, What my client got was the joy of um, of seeing the whole process. So, you know, a lot of I think most schools are out right now and unless you're on that uh, rotating schedule. I don't even know if they have it anymore. But anyway, it's a great way to get your kids involved and get a little, you know, a little side income. And I know, Michael, you've written a book about different things that you could do with um, with children children and gardens. So what, what do you think of this idea? I think it's a wonderful idea. In fact, you know, again, I was thinking to myself, what a creative idea instead of going to a store. Not number one, it helps every, every it's a win win for everyone. What I think it's a wonderful idea. I do, too. And um, so we're going to talk about some of the different um, flowers that make great arrangements. And, you know, they don't have to be fancy. Um, I did notice in the nursery recently, Alstromeria, the price of it was kind of crazy. However, once you get that in the ground, it takes off. So um, it's, you know, it might cost a little bit up front, um, but it's, it's a wonderful flower to grow for cutting. Now, also, if you have rosemary you grow rosemary and you grow maybe lavender you could put together a little herb bunch and then stick in um 
yarrow, which is called Aquila, and there's right. different kinds of yarrow. They're drought tolerant and they're wonderful. And you know, you could either put it in a vase, wrap it up with a ribbon, you know, with some uh, wet cloth and a bag on the bottom, and that makes a very nice little bouquet as well. So the colors, just so that for people that are not familiar with that, is the lavender, of course, is a lavender, kind of a purplish. Um, yarrow can come in yellow. It also can come in pink or red. Um, and the thing that's so cool about all of those are as they dry, you can then um, transfer them, dry up, let them finish drying, and then transfer them to a sachet, um, which would be like a little bag, baggy. You know, like a um, a little, not a leather bag, but like a tea bag, kind of. Um, they they sell these little uh, cloth. What's it called? Little cloth bags. You know, if you're gonna right. steep or, your or velvet bags, and then you use them in um, lingerie and socks. And Drawers. Like yeah. Right, because what's so neat about it is it's got that wonderful, wonderful scent. So mm -hmm. again, it's doing double duty. Yes, when it's blooming and when it's alive it's got this vibrant color but when it's it's dried it still has a color which i love and it also it it, it has such a great fragrance it does i have these little uh, mesh bags and i throw them in with the dryer uh clothes and so <clears throat> instead of having a chemical sheet thrown in with chemical scent you could have fresh lavender scent um with your clothes in the dryer yeah um my favorite i have to say arrangement not not as easy to grow, but they do grow. Um, is to me, it's it's um, delphinium, which delphinium comes in the most incredible blue or purple or white mixed with pink peonies. Right. Well, good luck. <laughs> I, I have tried so many times. There are places, you know, in England and back east where it's cooler and wetter. But I I have tried because they are such beautiful. Larkspur as well. Larkspur is a very close um, second to delphinium. I I can't get them to to flourish. So no, no. What I I actually have treated them and and um, you almost treat them like a like definitely an annual. But um, you buy them when they're blooming. You enjoy them. You may you cut the flowers and then you pretty much accept the fact that they're either going to die or they're never they're, they're never going to come back. They're never so, going to come back. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You but know, I, the, the colors when you mix them oh, are amazing. They're magnificent. Yeah. And if you push in some navy blue anemones and pink and white, yeah, it could be absolutely fabulous. Um, and if you grow them, have at it. But um, whether you're growing them and cutting them for yourself or doing a little cottage business or um, once in a while, um, I'll deliver a package to clients that have worked through a long process and um, I'll put a ribbon on, I usually go to a bakery and then I'll put a ribbon on the box and I'll tie in some lavender and some foliage. And it's just a lovely, lovely thing to add, uh, just a tiny bouquet. Um, you know what I want to bring up, which is a great flower or flowers, um, are dahlias. Um, I, yeah, I have friends that say dahlias, I say dahlias, but anyway, they are beautiful in arrangements as well. Oh, I love them. And, you know, you were talking real quickly. Dahlias are incredible. I mean, and they they are hardy and they last. But when you were saying about, um, you know, little gifts, 
the funny thing is, and they grow like weeds, um, white carpet roses are amazing, but our white iceberg roses are amazing. If you take just a big bundle of them that are blooming, you know, new buds and everything, and you cut them, they're not going to last a long time. But then you wrap them in ribbon and in the ribbon, you put some lavender. So you've got the blue, the, the purple and the white. That's another really, really good arrangement because, again, it's the uh, the, um, the white icebergs just keep blooming and blooming and blooming and there's almost nothing you can do to harm them and then the lavender you cut so that those two arrangements together gorgeous yes that's that's beautiful and you know um a flower uh or a plant that's ubiquitous meaning that is planted everywhere because it's easy landscapers uh, maintenance guys love it are agapanthus now when agapanthus, I know everybody looks at, oh, there's agapanthus, they're common. However, when they're in bloom, they're beautiful. They're like um, they're like Fourth of July sparklers in bloom. In uh, I agree. New varieties. There's one called Storm Cloud that's purple. It's dark. I it's mean, we're gorgeous. Good. It is gorgeous. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, a whole garden of agapanthus. Eh, but you know, you start planting those and use those for cut flowers. You're absolutely right. It's it's just amazing the color range that you can get from them. And of course, they're white, they're blue, or they're purple. Um, or but they're spectacular. They are, and they look great. You know, in a bouquet. So I um I made kind of a list of different flowers that um that go well. Now we're we're in uh, Northern California and it's summertime here. So right now what's going on with us is we have black eyed Susans. We have Echinacea. My Crocosmia is blooming. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I've seen Crocosmia once the blossoms fall off, they have like these little, little green pearls. I've seen those at florists for sale and the flowers yeah. are gone that be so once a flower is expired like love in a mist i don't know if you've ever grown that michael but it leaves like this little paper wrapper like a little uh seed um package and they're right. beautiful in arrangements well and also you know a lot of people think that a floral arrangement has to be just flowers um but what you can do for example rose of sharon um is uh it's a form of hibiscus um, and they grow wild. They grow incredibly well, Wisconsin yep. back east because they can take the cold. But what's really, really cool is you can take a branch of the Rose of Sharon, cut it when it's in full bloom. And they have some that are white with a red center, um, little dollops of red. They have some that are, are, blue, are almost purplish blue. But you can take that. That's your main thing. And you cut a branch and you put that in there. And then you start adding flowers around it. For example, that would be a really perfect thing to do if you did the blue um you went ahead and did the the Rose of Sharon, say the the purplish blue one, and then you added some white agapanthus. Gorgeous. Then yep. you have leaves along with the flowers, along with the branches, and it's not just all flowers. It's a combination of everything. Right. You know, I have a Rose of Sharon, um, and it's the blue blue kind. And what happens is when they're when the blossoms are done, they they dry and they fall. However, I pick them up because they're that. In beautiful blue color right <clears throat> sure exactly what kind of blue it's not a dark blue it's kind of like a lavender blue but um i put them all in a bowl and just in a really beautiful bowl and i put that out in the coffee table because these blossoms are so lovely they're just dry flowers they're really pretty um 
So that's one thing I do. But, you know, you're talking about branches. And in the spring, before some of these shrubs leaf out, like forsythia or flowering quince, it is so elegant to take, yeah, whole whole stems, long stems, three foot, four foot stems, and put it in a giant vase. And I'm telling you, it's elegant, like like walking into a uh, five-star hotel in their lobby. That's the kind of show that they have. And the reality is, what's so cool about that is, is that you don't even have to own the plant. You can, <laughs> on a walk early in the morning, just happen to to be bringing along your clippers. Yeah, Exactly. When you come along, something hanging over the fence or you walk near it, you can clip off a little piece of it. I mean, you're not going to cut down the whole tree, but you can take a couple pieces of it, bring it back with you and you yeah. know, it's you nothing. And again, it would look amazing in a vase. Yeah. And you're doing them a favor. You're doing a little pruning, right? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And um, also we um, here in this spring and many places across the United States have um, flowering fruit trees, flowering cherries. Um, they are gorgeous as well. Before the leaves come out, you cut some of the branches and they're full of, of light pink, beautiful blossoms. And they make beautiful arrangements just like that. You might see in some of the Japanese patterns, you'll see a branch with some of these cherry blossoms. That's what this is. So don't hesitate to use those either. This is more for your home. So we, you know, I know we started talking about little flowers that your kids, um, either one or many, can can put together. So um, those are not. We're t- let's let's go back to flowers. So flowers. Uh, yeah. So. Mainly um, bulbs. Uh, gladiolas. Gladiolas, right? Those are bulbs. A lot of the bulbs uh, work work well. Iris as well. They make beautiful cut flowers. I sometimes buy them in store just as they're opening, and they're and they're lovely. Um, there's the pin flower, Scabiosa. They come Love in that. purple, purple, blue, and white. And um, some people grow Oriental lilies. They're fabulous. They're the oh, tall they're ones. Really pretty. And here's another. You know, we're talking about branches and everything that you can use in your house right now in the summertime. You know, especially in Northern California, the one plant, the one flowering tree that is just profuse and the colors are talk about vivid crepe myrtles myrtles. the color variation from red to hot pink to white to lavender to um you know variegated i mean those you could just get a small branch that's in full bloom put it in water and oh my god you've got a wow they're beautiful. I've been driving around and they're all in bloom here. You know, the thing I love about crepe myrtles, besides all the color, is when it's bloody hot and we're going into bloody hot again here, over 100, they're in full bloom. Yep. They're, they're bursting with color. But, you know, another bloom that's that's very kind of dense and beautiful like that. I mean, in the spring, there's lilac. But right now there's the butterfly bush, the budlea. I love those. And again, I just put one in, in one of my jobs and it was a... Um, it was a true blue. I mean, I've never seen it, and the and the flowers were tight. They're, it's a dwarf, and I have to tell you, they are spectacular. Not only are they gorgeous in a flower arrangement, but they're also in your yard. Um, we have several in our backyard, and I was just looking outside, and I saw, I mean, literally, it was like a dance of the monarchs going from butterfly bush to butterfly bush, and then going up in the air, and then swo- swooping down. It was yeah. it was magical. It was like watching a dance. But you're right, the, butt- yes, the butterfly bushes 
you it, can't get a more incredible color flower than that. You can't. And now they make, you know, uh, you were talking about a dwarf. There's one called a pugster blue, which is my, maybe what you picked up. There's also lo and behold, that stops at six feet. The other that, one's. The pugster blue is the one that I bought. Yeah. And I, uh, I couldn't remember the name, but it was a pugster blue. They're and, amazing. Oh my God. Was those, were those gorgeous. They, they're really beautiful. And like I said, they, they provide a, a wonderful habitat for your yard as do the, um, well, the lavender, the rosemary, the roses, um, you know, the flowers are magnets, not just to um, butterflies and, um, and healthy insects, but birds like the red hot pokers, hummingbirds love them. And, and those are also really pretty to cut. And put they're in. gorgeous, gorgeous. And they're tall and they're stunning. I mean, you could really, if you're invited for dinner somewhere and you put together some red hot pokers, some yellow yarrow, and then go out and get some variegated leaves, like we, I, we have a bilia kaleidoscope, or there's, you know, the euonymus, put it together and you will blow your hosts away. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. There's one that's that's um, overlooked a lot, but I'll tell you when it blooms, it also dries is the, the limonium, the sea lavender. That oh, is that a lot yes i love that i absolutely love that yeah limonium is in the in the status family so if you you i'm sure you've seen german status because so many flower arrangements have it in there if you when the flowers are done you pick out the limonium or the status and you hang it upside down to dry they'll dry like that forever and um what i did uh last year i had the yellow yarrow which is called moonshine I grew that and I grew um, the limonium and the status and I had so much of it that I put them together in, I think I came out with something like 20 flower bunches, dried flowers that I gave away um, at the last garden tour I did. And everyone was thrilled and I was thrilled to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the thing I guess that, that we're basically telling people is it's not just you don't, don't you don't necessarily just have to go to the grocery store or to a florist and just buy a dozen roses or a dozen of this and just put them in a vase. You can do a lot of this. You can grow. You can you can find on a morning walk and then you can mix. And if you happen to be if there's something really, really special that you, you haven't seen, you can certainly pick that up at at a, a florist or a grocery store you know, to add. But if the bulk of your stuff are things that you grow, um, what a, first of all, you'll save money. Second of all, what a very satisfying thing to be able to put these bouquets together and give them, you know, either in your home or give them as gifts. And especially since the fact that you've grown them yourself. Yeah, it's wonderful. And um, like I said, it's a, a lovely little cottage business as well. And um, I'm often asked by clients to create a cutting garden. You know, we'll do the landscape, but then they want a cutting garden. And the difference between that is when you're doing a landscape and landscape plants, we're using a lot of evergreen, you know, stable plants that are going to hold everything down. A cutting garden is generally uh, perennials that will, they'll die out in the winter, they'll go dormant and they'll come back again. So a cutting garden is, um, it's not something you want to put your whole, make your whole yard a cutting garden because in the winter, your whole yard will look dead. Exactly. Exactly. But for a nice accent here and there, I mean, the, the colors are just so vivid. It's one of the things that, you know, um, I like also finding shrubs, like we talked about the crepe myrtle. Um, there are certain shrubs that their flower array is just so amazing that when they are in bloom, um, they just, they're a wow. They're just a wow. 
there wow and then um fall colors um the leaves on trees are beautiful and like i said a lot of the flowers that have um they've expired they've left behind sometimes some beautiful seed cases or um i have i here's a mistake here's a foible i grew um I bought some wild oats. I thought it looked nice and I put it in my front yard and I, it's all over the place. Okay. So it's all over the place, but this wild oat, they come up on long stalks and then they droop over with little, um, oat. Uh, it almost looks like, no, it's not wheat, but it hangs over. Yeah. And, um, when it dries, it is so stunning in a fall bouquet. So, you know, I don't, I haven't pulled it out. Um, yeah, I just let it go where it wants because I use it so often in bouquets. It's beautiful green and it's beautiful um, in the fall as well. And if you have grasses that are flowering, let's say in the fall, you've got these big puffs. When you cut them, spray them with hairspray. And that way you can have them as a part of the bouquet. They don't need to go in water. But in, if you don't spray them, all those puffs will explode and they'll be all over your house. So if you cut them, put hairspray on them, it'll keep the perfect balance. If you have like a penicetum rubrum, if you have a miscanthus, you know, there's all kinds of um, beautiful grasses that go, go dormant, but they flower and their flowers are these puffy, either elongated or there's bunny tails that have little puffs like bunny tails. And they're beautiful in arrangements as well. I like that. That And again, it's, it's layering, it's textures. It's not just one kind of plant or one kind of flower stuck in a vase, it's what makes it really special is if you mix in, you mix in some of those grasses, um, you mix in some branches that are blooming or that have really interesting leaves. Um, red buds, red buds have incredible heart-shaped leaves. And mm -hmm. there's one that's called Ruby Falls, the leaves are kind of reddish. There's another one that has on the same plant, um, it, again, it's, it's a new variety, but it has yellow, orange green it's just spectacular it's gorgeous it's not a full sun one though but it's gorgeous yes yes absolutely beautiful so again you know as, as you're looking at things thinking of of you know we we and we've discussed this before but we call them plant marriages it's like mixing your flowers mixing your plants for your arrangements and you think of it as like, how am I going to do arrangement? You know, one of the recommendations that I would make is even if you pick up a book on Japanese flower arrangements, not to copy them, but to just see when uh, Japanese flower arranging is very interesting because they actually have, have these, um, it's almost like models or symbols of high, low, um, horizontal, vertical, um, and you look at the pictures and just, you don't copy them. You just get inspired as to what they've done to create these different illusions using the different floral arrangements. Yes. I mean, I want to go, before we close here, I want to go back to getting your kids involved because I think it's really important. And how many times have you been out walking with small children and they'll pick a dandelion blossom and hand it to you. You know, they, they, they love doing that. They love gathering little bouquets. And right. so, um, so I would get them involved. It doesn't, you know, the gender doesn't matter. Boys, girls, they all love um, flowers and get them involved in maybe just starting to make little bouquets around what you have in your landscape. And um, maybe you want to think about putting some colorful perennials in when you put them in, they'll be there, you know, 
for life unless you're in an area where that particular one doesn't grow. But um, I think it's a wonderful way to get children um, connected to nature again and get them off social media <laughs> or I, off the TV. Well, and, and the other thing that's neat is if they do um, and then um, they don't know the name or even if you don't know the name, you can investigate and find out. Um, teach them the name of it, the common name, and maybe even teach them the botanical name. It's not; it's never too early to learn learn some things. Um, it'll be amazing that how they'll kind of store that away, and then when they go back go to school, you know, whether a teachers asking questions or showing things, you know, knowing that they've learned some of the Latin and the common names, it just it gives them one step up. It and and learning is always fun. If you make it fun for them. If you make it fun. I My daughter um, uh, left school at seventh grade to homeschool. And, of course, she had to work with me. And I'm a landscape designer. So she ended up learning all the names of the plants and uh, also all my clients' pets. She didn't know the clients' names, but she knew their pets. Um, and and she did some of her home studies uh, based on plants and herbs. And it was wonderful. She's 37 now and has a master's degree in journalism. But... She learned all the plants and flowers because she was with me. And so when your kids do things with you, um, they learn and it becomes a joy because they love doing things uh, with their parents at a young age. I'm not talking about teenagers. I'm talking about yeah. the young ones. <laughs> you know, okay, mom, go to the nursery by yourself. No, I agree completely. In fact, one of the games, it's, Roberta had said in the series of books, it was called Kindergartens that we wrote. Um, one of the games was to actually collect um, paint chips from the from Home Depot, from Lowe's, from the local paint store, and actually give them. It's almost like a scavenger hunt. When you're when you're on a walk, you give a couple of the paint chips. I'm not talking about black. I'm talking about you know bright colors, and you give them to your kids and say, okay, um, as we're going on the walk, collect um, what you can to match these paint chips, and then they come back. It's almost like as I said, a scavenger hunt, and they bring back yellows that match the paint chip or a gold or an orange or a red. And it's fun because the kids develop this really wonderful color sense. And by matching the, the, the paint chip to the flowers, and then you can go beyond that and learn the name and the botanical name and everything. But it's a fun game and it's, it's like a, a scavenger hunt. But instead of looking for jewels or restaurants, you're looking for flowers, right. twigs for and plants. Yeah, and exactly. you're outside. Well, we hope that this has been um, interesting, inspiring, fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we we think about things during the week as we work with our clients and try to bring to you um, the experiences that we have, the stories that our clients have, the stories that we have, and the you know the tricks and things that maybe you want to do with your children. So absolutely. So I'm Michael Glassman, and I'm Roberta Walker, and, and we are. Thanks for joining us.